All right. We are ready over here. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. I know. I know. know. You're supposed to be a service dog. You're supposed to be a model of (laughs) behavioral perfection. Okay. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. And you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 571, November 22nd, 2022. Hey, I just realized, I didn't even have this in the notes, today is the... 17th anniversary of the Xbox 360's release. Yay. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Zelina, the future service dog. She's with me as well. But for how long, who knows, because she's a puppy and she doesn't have patience. Miranda Sanchez, hi. Hi, hello. I don't have any pets right now. (laughs) I actually see one of them. She's just not here. (laughs) She's just just doing her own thing. Stella Chung, how are you? I'm good. I'm cold, but I'm good. It's it's that time of year. It's officially fall. Yeah. Uh, Destin Legare. Hi. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how are you? Doing okay. I heard your day's not going so well so far. Oh, it's fine. I just overslept. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it yeah. is. Uh, so, yes, if you're curious, I made a Twitter post about this. This is Zelina. We are going to be raising her for uh, till she's 18 months, doing a whole bunch of training for canine companions, and then she's going to go back to canine companions for a bunch more professional training with the hope that she will, whoop, I know that she will graduate and become a uh, service dog and go help somebody out. So uh, she's a yellow lab. She is nine weeks old and she's, I think, into a teenage phase right now based on, as you can hear, she's like, she's getting to that, like, uh, you know, what's the word we want? Rebellious, uh, rebellious. Yes, rebellious. Yes, I know. I know. I don't know how long this little experiment's going to last. I should probably put you down, huh? And you can play with some toys down here. Over here. I won't be able to pick her up for much longer. She's getting big quick. There's that. Okay. Uh, Let's rock and roll here with our Thanksgiving week episode of Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. IGN.com slash rewards. I need you to go there. If you do me the solid of that, that is the housekeeping note. That is our revamped, if you remember our IGN Prime program, this is the the reboot of that. You can sign up for free and get stuff for free, a lot of neat little bonuses and things, but there's also a paid tier that we're currently running a promo on that's just 30 bucks a year or 250 a month. And if you jump up to that, there are free games, a free Map Genie Plus subscription for tracking your progress in those open world games and what's going on on all those maps. So check that out, IGN.com slash rewards. That is a way you can help support this podcast. Uh, Also, real quick, November, as I've mentioned, is our Atomic Heart IGN First. It's our cover story for the month. And just today, Simon Cardi, our wonderful editor out of the UK, posted his hands-on preview. It's the first time anybody's gotten to play Atomic Heart. So uh, he had eight minutes worth to say on video. So go read that on IGN or watch that on YouTube. I also played a little bit. I played less than he did, uh, but it is, it's, it's definitely, it did not disappoint me. Like I really wanted this to be awesome and it makes a good first impression. So I'll say that for my part. And I encourage you to check out Simon's preview. All right. With that, let's get to the news this week. 
why does Ryan have Splinter Cell behind him? Although, you know, why not? Would be a better <laughs> question. Although, it's so, it's so dark. There just aren't any good. I can't, yeah, I didn't even notice. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, you could the go three that goggles. through the thermal. You need the big um, three goggle wallpaper. Yeah, I know. This, these are just the screenshots on the oh. Xbox store. But, you know, it's also Splinter Cell 1, so it's four by three. Yeah. Uh, there's Sam Hack at a computer. I remember that mission. But... Splinter, Splinter Cell 1 was uh, free on uh, Ubisoft's store, store not that long ago, actually. Oh. Yeah, nice as this little, week is yeah. part of the 20th anniversary of the, the release of the original Splinter Cell, which was an Xbox exclusive back at the time. That is our headline topic this week. Hold on. All I see are puppy legs. Destin, take it, take it over yeah. from here for a second. <laughs> So here, here's what Ryan has. Splinter Cell fans today got an unexpected glimpse at the game's upcoming remake. Uh, they showed off some new concept art, which was released by Ubisoft as part of Splinter Cell's 20th anniversary celebration, depicting Sam Fisher in action with those familiar multi-vision goggles. <laughs> Not to mention a particularly intense-looking interrogation. Uh, the creative director, Chris Audi, confirms confirm that the Splinter Cell remake is still very early in production, and it sounds as though it's still a long way off, but by the time it gets there, it looks as though it'll include some improvements on the original. Here's what they said. 20 years later, we can look back at the plot, the characters, the overall story of the game, and make some improvements, things that might not have aged particularly well. Um, so... I am sort of curious. Did did either of y'all, any of y'all, see the concept art, and what do you think about this uh, new direction? It looks a lot like the original, but it's just concept art. Version. You know, it's not it's not obviously what it's going to look like in the game. But yeah, I uh, it's a I think it's a twenty minute video, and you should all watch it because I'm in it. It was really fun <laughs> actually. They reached out and said, "Hey, we know you love Splinter Cell. We got the twentieth anniversary coming up. Would you mind recording a little something?" for uh for that piece and i didn't i had no i didn't see the video before it went out i had no idea it was going to be like a 20 minute thing it's mostly that developer roundtable with four of the developers on the remake so i was pretty pleasantly surprised uh when i did see the video but yeah it, they they're saying a lot of the right things uh which i mean the, the worst news that came out of this was that they're still in the prototyping stage they're not even in full development yet, which means this game is at least, I mean, minimum fall 2025, like three years from now would be the, the absolute best case scenario, but it's probably even another year, uh, maybe even more after that. So that's the downside, but they, they really were talking, they, they were saying a lot of the right things, talking about how, uh, like one thing that stuck out to me was they, they sort of talked about each of the, each game in the, the original trilogy, the Splinter Cell, Pandora Tomorrow, and Chaos Theory. And they were talking about how, well, Chaos Theory uh, has so many memorable missions like the bank uh, being the big one that, that I think comes to mind first for everybody. And how there's just, you could, you could go into that bank in any like one of five different ways and you could approach it however you wanted to. And uh, they're going to bring that sort of open sandbox mission design to the re to the remake of the original, which was a bit more linear, so that's music to my ears. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think what else jumped out at me. Well, I'm curious. Like, so these, yes, yeah. So I'm curious because I missed the window on Splinter Cell, which I guess I could go back and play now. But um, 
They say don't. that they're making improvements on things. That... Did you say don't? <laughs> yeah, the, the design's pretty uh, cumbersome. Well, don't play today. the original. I, I would, okay. I would honestly say Chaos Theory holds up pretty well. Like it's okay. It won't blow your mind visually like it did back in two thousand five, but the the mission design holds up really well. Okay, so hey, okay, it's me. yeah. <laughs> so that kind of leads this us to like my a question. Weird meta moment. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, they said that they're going to improve things that may not have aged particularly well. And I de Destin was like, don't play the original. So like, what do you think off the top of your head? Can you think of things that they would definitely want to improve on? Well, the, they covered here. Uh, I think Destin was about to get to this quote about the AI. Both. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So here, let's see. Let me find. I highlighted where I ended. Oh, uh, well, the core of the story, okay. the core of the experience, <laughs> will remain as it was in the original game. The game may be a way off, but Ubisoft also explained how some of those improvements will work, including an upgrade to the game's AI. Do you want me to keep going? Please. Obviously, a special forces soldier <laughs> will be better trained, said technical director Christian uh, Carrier. Uh, they're going to breach differently or enter rooms differently to something like a regular security guard would. We can really improve AI engagement, how they're reacting, and what they're reacting to, added senior game designer Andy Schmall. With all of that, we can make improvements to the cat and mouse gameplay between Sam and the enemies, especially when our enemies are behaving like trained professionals. I really like that, actually, yeah. Ryan. Like the idea that a security guard is going to be much less trained than like <laughs> one of the higher level uh, uh, special forces people. So that's, yeah, I hope they that's keep cool. the, so there's a lot of great stuff. There, there are a lot of really neat little things like Splinter Cell is at its core. It's a brilliant stealth game, but the things that make it like extra amazing are like when you, when you come up and you grab a guy to then, in, you know, interrogate him or drag him off to a corner and choke him out or kill him, you have the option either way. But when you grab him, you can, you know, there's an interrogate option and you, mm -hmm. Sam will just start talking to the guy and there will be funny things that get that get exchanged like there there are little bits of comedy like and it's not it's not out of place it's not um doesn't throw you out it's like it's it's genuinely like just clever writing so i hope those those little moments like that get kept um like there's one the shanghai mission of chaos theory you're sneaking around some I think it's like some rich guy's huge house and the the nighttime guards that are patrolling are talking about uh that that the house has anti-ninja flooring where when you step on the, <laughs> the floors it makes like a loud creaking sound and so you have to go extra slow or else you make the noise but what's funny is they're all talking about like they keep talking about about ninjas and like well there must be ninjas around if they have anti-ninja flooring and then so at one point, I just vividly remember this. You, you grab one of the guys and you interrogate him and he goes, I knew it. I knew there were ninjas here. And then you just <laughs> joke him out of me. It's just, it's so good. There's just so much personality. And of course, uh, Michael Ironside, is a, as we've said many times, uh, he's he was such a big part of bringing Sam to life in such a memorable um, and and a distinct iconic way and i i will be very upset i i won't say the entire remake will be ruined for me if michael ironside doesn't come back but it will be a, a severe blow to to my optimism for this remake if he is not there part of the reason it's hard to go back to blacklist was because it doesn't have 
him as voice actor, yeah. right? So that's that just sort of makes it like weird to go back to because you don't hear him. I just I associate his voice with those games. So I, I hope they're able to recontract him well, or yeah, Siri. This yeah, is the I'd, first mission. I, I don't think they would reuse any of the original dialogue. He would have to revoice oh, everything he'd mm. done, but I don't think it's that substantial of a recording session to just redo all the original voice work, but I imagine well, it would be a lot more involved. I think the last time we talked about this project on Unlocked, it was a quote from one of these project leads that was saying that they're going to, that they are updating and modernizing the story. Mm -hmm. So you're yeah there there's there's not going to be any reusing of of Michael Ironside dialogue from the original. They're going to have to. It's going to be a new script. They're going to need to bring him in uh, and and get him recorded. So hopefully they will do that. I mean he's been back recently uh, as for that Ghost Recon uh, thing that where where there was a, a crossover with Sam Fisher and he voiced that. So hopefully that will be fine. But I will feel much better about this. It'll be a big relief. If I'm fortunate enough that they announced, yes, we have Michael Ironside for this. So um, we'll see. But they also mentioned on the tech side. So Destin, this this is interesting. So they're using, it's not a surprise that they're using in-house tech. They're using Snowdrop for this. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, so they say the remake will improve on the atmospheric lighting with ray-traced global illumination, as well as better audio simulation that will, quote, create some really, really, really compelling and detailed settings. The originals were on Unreal Engine. So uh, I would have loved if this would have been on Unreal Engine 5, mm -hmm. but it is a from the ground up remake. So it's not like a red flag that they're switching engines, but uh, hopefully Snowdrop will, will be able to either at least match what Unreal Engine 5 would have, would have been capable of for this, if not exceed it, because we've already seen, even in the early stages of Unreal Engine 5, how potent and powerful that engine is. So so hopefully Snowdrop's up to the task. Yeah, Snowdrop looks really, really good. Just based on what they showed for Avatar, I believe that's the only game we've actually seen footage of it. I believe it's running in engine, or at least it was created yeah. in engine. So that's really exciting to see. I, I think they can do a lot with it, and it'll make a good showpiece for their new engine, right? Hey, look at what we're able to create and what you can expect from Ubisoft in the future. Miranda, Splinter Cell remake when it comes around uh, in probably three or four years. <laughs> Is this a game you're going to play, or are you not much of a stealth gamer? What's I'm not sure your history, if you have any, with Splinter Cell. I have or stealth games. Yeah, basically no history with Splinter Cell, but I do enjoy stealth games. The thing is, I just need a lot of time for them because I'm that person who sits in a corner and just watches all the patterns and movements <laughs> for a very long time. And then I'm like, all right, I know everything. Time to make my move. So uh, I think that's this will be a fun one to get into. And if anything, I'm just excited because you're so excited about it, Ryan, mm -hmm. and you've loved yes. Splinter Cell for so long. So I think at the very least, that's a reason enough for me to play it. Well, one thing that I think could appeal to Stella's competitive gaming side with this <laughs> is they did also in the 20-minute anniversary video specifically call out that they are going to fully support a no-kills playthrough of the whole. So you'll be able to get through the whole game oh. without killing anyone. If So if you want to go complete, full stealth, like ghost mode, that it will evidently be supported. So... Uh, that that'll be make for an interesting challenge and a probably a pretty rewarding achievement once you unlock it. 
Yeah, that's actually really interesting. So immediately I thought of like Hitman, where of course, like you have all the different options to go through missions. And I like, I, I didn't play it like I should play a Hitman. <laughs> I would kind of just like go up, shoot the guy and then like run away and hide and be like, I'm good, I did it. Okay, bye. <laughs> so um, that would actually be a really fun challenge, I think, because I, everyone knows that I'm really bad at stealth games. So I feel like it'd be really fun to just do stealth but also no kill which is like the complete opposite of me so um i feel like that'd be fun also i feel like i owe it to you ryan to play because like every time it's like my love for titanfall i feel like i have to play this because like you love it so much yeah. i have to get a piece of like what it is that you love so much about this game so yeah i'm gonna I'm well if i've play built it. up if i've built up enough goodwill with you guys that you're you're uh you're, you want to play it just to yeah just for me then uh, then i feel like i'm i'm doing First of all, I feel very, uh, very loved and appreciated by that. Aww. But also, I feel good that hopefully you will, I will help s spread the joy of Splinter Cell to other people. Because they did also say in the video that uh, they're looking at this as the foundation for the future of Splinter Cell, which means, I mean, I have to imagine if this just comes out and bombs, they're not going to make any more Splinter Cell games. That just, mm -hmm. that's the sad reality of, of the business world. But if this comes out and well, number one is good, and but number two it does do well, then then yes, we're going to get more Splinter Cell games after this. And um, I know that that's not much of a, uh, it's not very enticing to say that now when this remake is still three plus years away. But man, it would be if they can nail this, uh, and and people enough people actually play it then it would be so nice to to have more Splinter Cells going forward. Now, Destin, Splinter Cell, up until Blacklist, yeah, up until the last Splinter Cell game was exclusive to Xbox, or if not permanently, then, well, I guess not permanently. It was always, it was timed uh, in many cases for a number of years. How about in, in, in that spirit of trying to get as many people to play and enjoy this Splinter Cell remake as possible, Let's get the Game Pass team on the phone with Ubisoft. Let's get this into Game Pass on day one. You know, if it's not, if it can't be a total exclusive, let's let's at least get it in there so that everybody can jump into it. I think that would be pretty cool, but Ubisoft hasn't gone that route with their games in the past, so I don't think that it happens. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about the mark and execute, Ryan. That's my favorite. Oh, oh no, here we I go can't again. Wait to see <laughs> in, in the remake of Splinter Cell because it's don't fun. believe his lies. Oh my god! Look, look how cool that look is. Look at conviction right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boom, boom, oh, boom. Here's, here's yeah. Oh. pushing the I win button. Oh, I don't want to be a real stealth man. I'm just gonna press the I win button. Oh, I made me feel good. I just want to have fun and see cool action. <laughs> Listen, sometimes I'm you just gotta you just gotta yeah. lean back and let the buttons do their work. Yeah. They're there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, that's one thing I really liked about Blacklist. Destin, you cited oh, so cool. how, how weird it was <laughs> that Michael Ironside wasn't in that game. And you're mm -hmm. right, it, it totally was. It really did take away from the game. But from a gameplay perspective, I reviewed Blacklist for IGN. That review mm. is not, over nine years old now. Uh it was a very good game because I thought it did a great job of of really supporting the full spectrum. It still had mark and execute. You could still use it, uh, which is, again, that feature that debuted in Conviction. That was all still there. So you could play it more as an action game with those cinematic one-button kills, but it also fully supported 
a ghost playthrough where you'd, mm -hmm. you'd never press that button. In fact, if you if you set it on the highest difficulty, you couldn't even use it. The mark and execute wasn't there. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you could, you know, you would actually get experience points that you'd use to unlock in-game gear that would up your stats. A little bit, a little mini RPG element. Uh, it was really good, right? In my yeah. opinion, like this game was very strong showing for the Splinter Cell franchise and it really was. options available. I think you and I did this co-op mission together at an event, actually. We probably we did. A second there. Yeah, uh, it, it was really fun. I actually played on Perfectionist, so I couldn't use Mark and Execute, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing Devil's Advocate because I do think it's really fun. The multiplayer was also really good. We're looking at multiplayer right now, but it didn't catch the way that they had hoped, that's for sure. Yeah, that was the set. I mean, it, it to be fair, it wasn't as good as the original Spies versus Mercs, but it was still mm -hmm. fun. Yeah, uh, I did still enjoy it. Yeah, this is this must be us, I'm sure. <laughs> Losing proximity chat. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That that's what does it really. Yeah, let's bring that back. Well, that <laughs> I, that actually begs an interesting question, um, Destin. Do you think this remake will have a multiplayer component? And the reason I think it's a fair question, even though the original Splinter Cell didn't have multiplayer. But it, you know, that could be a way for them to monetize the game some more. If you've mm -hmm. got a multiplayer mode that you can sell skins, you can sell more maps, etc. Do you think they would go that route with this? I don't, I don't think they will. I think they're going to keep it a single player contained experience. And I, I think that's how they do it going forward. Um, they have other games that they're doing multiplayer stuff with. Ubisoft does, like uh, X Defiant uses tom clancy characters so i would imagine Stella's that, favorite game yeah right well i mean like if that's how if that's the multiplayer that we would have got i'm fine with <laughs> i'm not doing it if i'm being truthful yeah uh i'm fine with i'm fine with it not having multiplayer and it just being a standalone experience personally i agree with you i yeah. i and the reason the reason i agree with you is it, it would be a it wouldn't be doubling the project's budget yeah. but it would add a significant cost to a to a project that I think is again it's fair to say it is a financial risk of a project because because Splinter Cell the the sales were clearly not good enough to keep the series going so you know they don't know if this Splinter Cell remake is gonna is gonna literally pay off for them or not so yeah I, I don't see them taking on the added financial risk by by spending money on. Uh, on a you know second team or a whatever the case may be another team inside Ubisoft Toronto building out a new multiplayer but i think it could come along in future splinter cells if this does well but i agree with you i think this will probably be a single player only remake which is just fine with me you're probably all aware of the Callisto Protocol, the survival horror game coming to PlayStation, Xbox, and PC platforms on December 2nd. And if you want to delve into this universe early, you should check out Helix Station. It is a Callisto Protocol narrative companion podcast that stars Gwendolyn Christie and Michael Ironside. IGN is publishing and distributing Helix Station in partnership with Striking Distance Studios. In episode three, our heroes Percy and Kane crossed paths with the daughter of the prisoner they were tracking and stumbled upon a strange alien creature in suspended animation frozen in a block of ice, which, as luck would have it, started to melt. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, here's a clip from episode four. That was it. Don't be stupid. Prendergast, get off me! There's nothing you can do for him. Percy! Hey! Ah! 
Gotta go, Percy! He's dead! Where's the girl? Percy! In the vent! Come on! Get inside! sample of episode four of helix station a callisto protocol companion podcast leading up to the release of the game on december 2nd the first four episodes are out now and a new one airs every thursday find them wherever you get your favorite podcasts next hey miranda when did you start at ign what year 2014 at the end december dead island 2 <laughs> was was originally supposed to come out in spring of 2015. It is still not out. Mm -hmm. It had a release date, uh, but that release date has again been pushed back. The company uh, announcing on Twitter, the developers of Dead Island saying, the delay is just 12 short weeks and development is on the final straight. Now, the new release date for Dead Island 2 will be April 28th. 2023 um where do you where are you sitting with this game miranda we we last got to see it it kind of had its uh second or third or fourth coming out party here most recent coming out party back at uh gamescom opening night live i believe in august it looks fun or i like the humor of it i mean things happen with development it's been uh, a hot minute of course since we got this announced it's coming up on if they if they delay it anymore it's gonna be they can push it to 10 years but i don't think they want to do that they probably want to get their game out um i i'd like to play it but it's also kind of coming out at a bad time of year like april 28th like you're getting into i i we don't know when starfield's coming out no. i'm just calling like the first part like the, the springtime as starfield territory that's yeah. what it is in my heart i would like to think it's gonna be around april probably may also hope it's not, because that's also when Tears of the Kingdom's coming out. We know that's going to be a really big deal. So I am a little worried that they're going to put this out in a really competitive time of the year where it won't get its time to shine, especially if they've been working on it for so long. But it's just kind of one of those things where you got to put out your game when you got to do it. Um, I, I kind of hope, I don't want to say I hope for another delay, but it's like, <laughs> hey, what if you just guys came just put it out summer. This is a Lie, great maybe. summer game. Aren't zombies like a summer thing? I know people are like, oh, holy. And they're like, no, 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 summer. This is like, you just want to go shoot zombies and have a good time. So I, I think that's you know, 
I know, I know where you're, I, I share your sentiment. I mean, I, Zelda is, I mean, it's not, maybe not exactly the same audience that's buying Zelda that's buying uh, Dead Island 2. I mean, that's sure, me, there's though. people like us, hardcore gamers <laughs> yeah. that are crossing over. But, uh, but no, you're right. Like, especially if it's anywhere near Starfield, again, yeah. not an apples to apples comparison. It's an RPG versus a, you know, humor laced zombie first person shooter. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a thing. It's it comes, a sh- it all comes down to like the time, right? Time and money. Like if you only have so much time, you only have so much money. Like, what are you going to invest in? Are you going to invest in the new AAA Starfield's cool space game? Or Dead Island 2, which has been delayed forever, which I think there are definitely people who will choose Dead Island 2 over Starfield, but it's just kind of hard to, I think, ignore the popularity of a game when it comes out and like the excitement of it. And even if they're not releasing at the same time, if it's like in the proximity, um, if it does release earlier, say, than that, then, you know, people are still going to be playing Starfield potentially, but. Still better that they they do the delay and polish the game rather than, you know, ship it. 12 weeks too early and <laughs> and then have, you know, poor reviews, poor word yeah. of mouth and have I, to try and rebuild their reputation on the fly. Especially after it's been delayed for so long. So you might, yeah. might as well just do what you need to do. Yeah. Stella, is this, uh, and this looks fun, right? I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but you're going to be playing this when it comes out? Probably not. I mean, unless we need to do like, again, unless it's for work stuff, that probably not just because I like zombie stuff, but I feel like it's been kind of played out at this point. Like I'm very, that's why I was really into uh, uh, Redfall. I was like, oh my God, that's cool. Vampires. That's new. That's something interesting. Um, So for me, I'm just like, I'm kind of over the zombie genre. Like sure, it might be fun to play with friends. If it's on Game Pass, yeah, I'll play it. But like, other than that, I don't think I'll be seeking this out just because it's, it's fine. But I'd I'd rather spend my time playing other games. Um, But it does look really pretty. So, is that all right? How about <laughs> this then? How about this? Redfall versus Dead Island Two crossover game. What if we just, you know, vampires versus zombies? Are you in? And then who makes it? Do we get Bethesda uh, to do that, or do we get Dambuster <laughs> to do that? Huh? It's it's not gonna happen. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'd say vampires. How, by the way, how has that not happened? How yeah. has there not been a vampires versus zombies game yet? That's got to be out there. I refuse to believe that that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. They did plants. I mean, <laughs> plants. Well, yeah, that's plants true. Oh my God, that's right. I love that. Okay, but I loved that game. That was so fun. Like the FPS or the third person shooter version. I actually really Garden liked Warfare, it. Right? Yes, mm-hmm. I actually yeah. really loved that. I know we're getting off topic, but I really loved that. It was so cute. The 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 foley was amazing actually. Like all the sound effects were great. Um yeah, I, I actually really liked that. It was it was so cool. You could even like play <laughs> as a zombie versus your friends. I don't know. Anyways, it was really fun. I wish more people played it. I'd like to play it again. A game from Big Fish. You can play now. You can download the free trial called Vampires versus Zombies. There you go. Somebody got there. Somebody covered that ground. So uh, it does exist. Well, yeah, I I remain, I can't say I'm hyped for Dead Island 2, just after everything it's been through, but I like what I've seen of it recently, and I'm going to try it for sure when it it drops. Uh, I'll be looking forward to, to playing it and hopefully it's a good time. And hopefully there's, there are more of those like gross zombie executions than the you know four that we've seen in the in the most recent videos 
Hopefully there's a good variety of those. Check out Matt Perslow's preview because that's what sold me on it. It, it looks yeah. really, really good. It's cool. And the way that they use, uh, they're using a lot of technology with how the zombies are killed. So mm. I, I'm very excited for the game. Next up this week from the WTF department, get this, Sonic the Hedgehog's co-creator Yuji Naka has been arrested for suspected insider trading for an investment he made while working at Square Enix. IGN Japan reported this. We have a we have a whole local team there. Uh, Naka was arrested by the Special Investigation Department of the Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office alongside two other former Square Enix employees. He allegedly bought 10,000 shares in developer Aiming at a value of around $20,000 ahead of it announcing the Dragon Quest Tact mobile game in partnership with Square Enix. In other words, hey, this little developer is about to, about to you know, be a bigger deal because they're going to because our my company is signing them to do a, a major IP. Uh, the other employees arrested, uh, Taisuke Suzaki and Fumiaki Suzuki, uh, uh, allegedly purchased a combined total of 162,000 shares at a value of around $337,250. Uh, Suzaki is also alleged to have informed Naki and uh, Naka, pardon me, and Suzuki about the potential rise in value. These are, this is not a story that we see in the video game space, uh, particularly often. Miranda, uh, your reactions to a renowned video game creator facing a, quite a serious allegation here. Y'all, what? <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? I mean, it's always so funny because whenever we have training on like corporate policy and ethics and stuff, they're like, yeah. insider trading, it's bad. I'm like, yeah very obvious and easy not to do any of that and then you just see people do things like this it's like guys what are you well, doing it i as somebody i'm in part of the employee stock program right so mm -hmm. it's not quite as easy as you might think because sometimes we're in blackout periods and if i want to buy zd stock i have to like check and make sure that we're in a blackout period i don't think that's what happened here no this seems very cut and dry this is them, you yeah, know? taking insider information, yeah. knowing about something's happening and saying, yeah, I'll invest in that because mm -hmm. I know it'll do well. That's the whole thing, right? It's just very clear cut, easy, yeah. like silly crime. I think it's silly because it's just so easy to avoid. It's like, you're going to get caught. Like, how do you not? And so I think it's just one of those things where you look at it and you're like, what? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Stella, please. Oh, no, just, I was just going to reiterate Miranda's point. Like, did he think that he was just going to be immune to getting caught? <laughs> Maybe they didn't yes. know. The only logical thing I can think of is they weren't aware that you're not supposed to do that. I don't know, because it's not like they bought a small amount of stock. They bought 20 grand worth of stock. Yeah. You know, in a, in a very small company. Yeah. It's, I know, it just, it doesn't, it really is bizarre because, uh, you would think that this this renowned creator who's probably made a nice living over, what, 30 plus years in the video game industry, where he created, among other things, Sega's mascot that, that was the key to them having a seat at the table with Nintendo in the 16-bit era. You know, you would think that 
he's probably, I mean, even if back then he was a much younger creator and, you know, you, you don't, you're not necessarily super high paid then, but that, that I would think had to send him on a path to, uh, to greater financial success within Sega and then elsewhere. But it's just, you know, people are motivated by different things and some people do things for reasons that seem fine to them, but seem very strange to other people. And I, I hope he didn't actually do this. Uh, it sounds like they've got him kind of dead to rights, but uh, I, I mean, in all seriousness, I would venture a guess that his career in games could be over if, if he's found guilty here, because, you know, I, I know it's a, it's a, like an, it's an economic crime not a it's not like he robbed he it's not like he stole ideas from the company or source code it's like it's purely a like financial um not embezzlement you know it's it's it was it was a insider trading yeah, yeah it's a it's a spreadsheet <laughs> crime basically but not that that makes it any better really but yeah you know so i looked him up he's 57 now which i actually would have guessed he would have been older, given that mm. he co-created Sonic back in 1991. Oh, but you know, you start really early in the in the games industry. You, you often do, and so he's 57 now. If he gets any jail time out of this, he could be knocking on the door of 60, maybe a little past. And and hey, the game industry is young. We haven't really even it hasn't been around long enough for for people to even retire. Like we don't have any renowned creators that have even retired really like it's a maybe some of the original atari uh like atari 2600 kind of uh folks but the, the you know back then you you design the game yourself program the game you know you do the whole thing yourself but you know the, the game industry is is young enough that there just isn't we haven't seen what that path looks like in the the latter stage of your career but i mean i don't know if if any company's going to want to bring him in uh no matter his creative talents after this maybe they will maybe it's just like hey you did a dumb thing with stock you're clearly not going to do that again because you got caught and sure we'd love to have you on board and help us make cool video games but uh i i think his what a what a bizarre chapter to uh to his career story like if anybody were ever to write a write a book about him and and the, the you know sonic and and the sega years and oh yeah by the way at the when he was 57 he got arrested for insider trading just extremely strange yeah i mean i would say too some people who have done insider trading have just like had like wow scandal and then then life goes on like i think there's been a few folks in the um u.s side who have done that i think like isn't I was pretty sure it's Martha Stewart. Yeah. She's still around. Yep, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's she did people. Go, she did spend time in prison. Yeah. 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 But you know, I think she's still, I think I saw her on something recently. So it's not like. But she like training a, is... act, she's like a actor slash personality. Well, she's a, television. she had her cooking shows. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. a big. And a huge and magazines and like a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. So obviously and like her company and business took a hit from that, but she's still around doing things. So I don't think this is necessarily going to prevent him and his colleagues from getting work again, should they want to do that. But at the same time, I don't know. It just depends also cultural differences on 
what is permissible and what's not. And obviously we've seen people who are really scummy keep getting things anyway. So who can say? <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, sad, but true on that. Not saying that they're necessarily scummy, even though this is like a very dumb thing to do, but you know, there's other, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go down that hole. <laughs> uh, well, here's one hole we're going to go down one more time, even though I'm getting real tired <laughs> one, one of, more of time, this. really? <laughs> yeah, one, one, once more. It's never, it's never, no. it's never. <laughs> we just keep getting beat over the head with this. Point I'm like, I'm genuinely sick of this story now. And I debated not, I debated just skipping it entirely, but I, I guess I'm only bringing it up to say I'm sick of it. And that is Phil Spencer reiterates Microsoft's commitment to keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation for the 7,000th time. This time, he spoke with the New York Times. Uh, according to the New York Times, Microsoft doubled down on its verbal commitments to keeping Call of Duty on the PlayStation platform by offering, here's the, here's the potentially actual new part, uh, by offering PlayStation a 10-year deal to keep Activision's popular shooter on the PlayStation. According to the report, Microsoft offered a 10-year deal uh, back on November 11th. So this was recently. This was 11 days ago that this, uh, this proposal was put forth. But Sony declined to comment about the offer. Either way, Microsoft is keen on letting regulators know that Call of Duty is staying on PlayStation. Uh, Destin, what, what's Sony going to say no? They're not going to I mean, no matter what the terms, they kind of... It's do you want Call of Duty in by any way, shape, or form, or do you not want Call of Duty? Uh, they actually sort of responded recently to this topic, and they said something like they're pretty vehemently against Microsoft purchasing Activision Blizzard because uh, the choices gamers have today will disappear. I believe was the quote. <laughs> so that was their response to being offered. Well, you mean like how Spider Man is only playable on? PlayStation or, or and how Final they Fantasy. Pay, or, or how they pay to block games from coming to Game Pass or Xbox, period. Like, right. it's just, it's business, right? Yeah. And uh, I I'm I really don't like how Jim Ryan has handled this. I think there was a way to handle it without saying, uh, oh, poor us, you know, number one in the industry. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't agree with how he handled it, but whatever, you know. Um, a lot of people feel like he's doing what he needs to do to get the deal blocked, but it just comes from a place that everybody sees through so clearly. Like they're clearly the number one, you know, person in the industry right now. Even we know if they lost, even if they lost all COD revenue, they would still be number one in the industry yeah. in terms of revenue and profit. Um, but they're not even losing that they're being offered 10 years. And the only reason it's not a deal forever is because no lawyer in their right mind I don't even think you're allowed to write a deal that just is like in perpetual, in perpetuation. In perpetuity, yeah. In perpetuity. You can't write deals like that. So 10 years is an insane deal. And part of this is Microsoft's strategy to get ahead of the regulators asking them for consent decrees for the deal, right? So like, okay, look, we've already said Activision can unionize post-launch. Um, now we're saying... Call of Duty can stay on PlayStation for 10 years. So that leaves concerns about Azure, I believe, was one of the things which the EU is very confused about what that even is. Because <laughs> they talk about not being able to play your games on, on uh, other devices like uh, Mac things. And I'm like, well, the whole purpose of the thing is so you can play your games on other devices, though. So um, 
there's a lot of confusion about this story. Uh, the New York Times piece actually ends talking about how Lena Khan and the, F the FTC is gearing up uh, a suit and they could potentially be suing uh, Microsoft or just having that in their back pocket ready to go should they need to go that route and ask for an extension beyond their 30 days. So sorry to dive into it. I, no, I read this please. article and there's a lot more going on in this piece than um, than at first sight so i feel like we need to get dustin a special controller or hat or like banner or something whenever these news stories pop up because i'm like all right everyone be quiet let's listen to dustin what's going on give us the lowdown because you've you've just really kept on top of this i think more than a lot of people uh myself included like i i pay attention but it's not that i want to sit there reading the same statements being made and like the small adjustments it's just this very very small tact tactful game that I feel like I can pay attention to eventually. And I like to see the broad strokes of it, but the yeah. legalities of it all can get a little cumbersome. And so Dustin, the way you break it down is just really helpful. So thank you for offering oh. the additional insight into what's happening with this particular update, especially with that 10 year deal. And um, totally agree that they're just trying to get ahead of like saying, Hey, we've offered, we've made these, these, um, I guess, ways to placate this deal and to make sure that everyone feels a little bit more comfortable with what's happening here. Yeah, That's and uh, for to play devil's advocate a little bit, like <laughs> Jim Ryan probably doesn't care how he looks in the press to this or to, or to the to the gaming public because if he if he does if his antics antics I know is kind of a loaded word, but if his if how he handle handles himself in this leads to enough enough wrenches being thrown in the works that it that it kills this deal from a regulatory perspective that's a massive massive win for him whereas if he stays quiet and is you know more gentlemanly about it and the deal just cruises on through that's a massive massive loss for PlayStation so i i can't blame him i mean he's he's probably at previous i think at this point well, I'll say I'm of the opinion that based on Jim Ryan's tenure as the head of PlayStation and the things that he has publicly said and the things that he has internally said to his employees that that leak out, I don't think he really cares about being super well liked by the public because he's not. Yeah. Uh, he's he's you know he, he's not uh... now. Phil has he is very well liked by certainly by the Xbox uh, community because. He is genuinely like I, you know, his words and actions back up uh, who he is. So yeah, they're just they're different people with different business strategies and and yeah, Destin, I'm glad you hit on the ten year thing because like in ten years, there there we might not we might not have consoles. Maybe we're just yeah. in the cloud at that point. Now, not that doesn't necessarily change the change the deal. Uh, in a radical way, there's probably still like an Xbox ecosystem and a PlayStation ecosystem in the cloud. But, but like the point is that I think you were you were you were sort of starting at. There's ten years is such a long time. Call of Duty could be dead in ten years. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's gone on for this long, fifteen whatever it is years now, seventeen years. But in ten years, maybe Call of Duty's over, and there's another big thing that that people are playing every year. So. 10 years is effectively forever 
<laughs> at least in the at where we sit now for the when we look at the the future of gaming as we can see it from where we sit in 2022. Mm-hmm. But Jim, uh, Jim yeah, Ryan's go ahead. Been going, Jim Ryan's been going hard to get this deal blocked. They hired people to go to Capitol Hill and lobby for PlayStation. The talking points that the the CMA uh, posted were basically verbatim what we learned from the Brazil documents that PlayStation. Uh, had had sent so and he flew I believe it was to the EU or to the CMA to talk with them directly mm-hmm. about his concerns for the deal and what bothers me though is that nobody else is complaining about this from but PlayStation <clears throat> and when like the CMA and the EU talk about their talking points it's not their talking points it's literally just what Sony has said yeah, it, it is their talking points. It's their conclusion, but it's very easy to draw those lines directly to what Jim Ryan has said in public documents that you can read on the Brazil website and translate. So, like, there's a very clear strategy that Sony is going with. They're playing the same song and dance for every regulator, and maybe it'll work in the long run. But if this deal crashes, it's not going to be good for Activision. It's going to be very bad for the employees of Activision. That company is probably going to splinter and sell off pieces of their company. And I think that's what PlayStation wants at the end of the day. They want a bidding war for Call of Duty. They don't want a bidding war for, for Activision. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's uh, there, there are a myriad possibilities for what could happen if this deal is blocked uh, or, I don't or doesn't it, go through for whatever reason. I don't think it will. I still think it goes through. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I still think the odds favor it going through. but. Uh, yeah, if, if I guess if Jim Ryan can can make uh, can even you know change the terms in any way you know and and for to, to be more favorable for him whether you know it's getting a ten year deal out of Phil that he wouldn't have gotten uh, had he not uh, you know raised a stink then again that is a win for him but yeah for to me clearly you know you talk about PlayStation success their successful seemingly lobbying efforts because their talking points are just showing up with these regulatory agencies. Microsoft's PR strategy to help push this deal through is is clearly to send Phil Spencer out to any (laughs) major outlet who will listen and have him repeat the Call of Duty will stay on PlayStation message over and over until the regulators believe them. Uh, And and I can't, I don't say that, like I, I get it. I, I get it from their perspective. Phil's probably as tired of talking about this as I am now of hearing about it. But uh, we are—we've still got some time to go. I believe Destin, the 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 uh, investigation, as it were. That's not the right word. The the no, it's an investigation. You're looking right. into this. What early next year? Is that right? Yeah, it's an investigation. They're looking at uh, for comments from the public. The the CMA is and. Yes, I believe the first we start hearing about it is next year. And the FTC is also going to be revealing something soonish. So the big ones are the EU, the UK, and the FTC. Those are the three big ones. But uh, there was one, there's like 16 different countries it has to go through. And 16. Wow. uh, Two have approved it. Uh, China just upped it to a phase two. You know, so there's a lot going on with this as it develops. I find it fascinating, like what's been happening behind closed doors and really interesting as it develops. But I am also somewhat fatigued about 
this whole Call of Duty angle because there's way more here that Sony should be diving into that they don't seem to care about. That's yeah, you know? that's the thing. I think if it's because it's been drilling on this one single issue that's been rehashed yeah. in so many ways, so many times, it's easy for like just like eyes are glazing over. I'm like, can you guys mm -hmm. talk about anything else with this? Like, I, I know that this is the big harping point because of the numbers associated with Call of Duty, but can we, you guys want to try any other angles? Cause I'm interested to watch that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Phil, if you want to join us anytime, I promise I won't <laughs> ask you about this. I will ask you about anything, but this. <laughs> uh, I'll be, uh, I'm looking for, I should be seeing him down at the game awards next in a couple, it's just a couple weeks away now. So oh. I'm, I will, I'm sure bring up, I'll, I'll ask him if he's sick of talking about this. Uh, now super producer red, I, the, our timer is gone. So I don't know where we are like 40 in the show. I would guess uh, 45. Yeah. Cause I saw when I went down. Okay. Cause I got to just keep. Make sure I'm uh, keeping ample track of time. 49. There it is. 49. There it is. It's back. Everything's fine. False alarm. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move to trivia. Again, we're getting Question. to the point where, I mean, how many shows do we have left? Let me just do the quick math here. We probably have one, two, three. I believe we're down to four shows. And we have an extremely tight race here. We did this question, Ryan. Do you have a new one? Oh, did I forget to put in a new one? That's completely yeah. my fault. Fortunately, I am right in front of my computer and I can grab a new one uh, right away. Wait, but who won? Who, who, what's the score? Miranda, nine. Stella, nine. Destin, eight. That's okay. right. So yeah, we didn't get any it's anybody's time. game here. Let me dig in and find a new question. Yeah, the last question was quite tricky. Um, yeah. It was, which of the original Xbox exclusive did not have a tie-in novel? And we all got it wrong, but it was kind of a surprising answer. So what was it? Just out of curiosity, it was because I see brute force, crimson skies, Jade Empire, Quantum. It was Jade, Jade Empire. Empire, yeah, okay. which was the one that I thought for sure would have one because of like the story love, stuff. But they love to oh, write. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's Another go. News. Let's do this one. Okay. Rich in Tallahassee, whose gamer tag is terminally Irish. Man after <laughs> my own heart there. I, my last name is McCaffrey. So uh, this is this is appropriate. Richard sent this in the other day on the anniversary of Splinter Cell, the 20th anniversary. He said, today marks 20 years of Splinter Cell, originally released for Xbox uh, on November 17th, 2002. In light of that, here's my question. Splinter Cell originally started development as a sci-fi James Bond type of game, which I actually confess, I didn't know that. Called That's what? Cool. What was the name of the game? What was its original, the original version of the game oh, was no. called what? Uh, a, Project Lambert, B, The Drift, C, Echelon, or D, Project Night? Rich in Tallahassee, good question here. Let me go to Destin first since he is down you, one you point. You can't go to the person in last because they could just copy my answer and then win by default. And like technically, Destin has the most experience with Splinter Cell out of the yeah. three of us. But go ahead, Destin. <laughs> All right, fine. You're going to raise this thing. Miranda, please go ahead. Strategically, be, that's what I do. Be the drift. <laughs> be the drift. I'm just guessing. Stella. I am stuck on Project Night and Echelon. Um, 
God, notoriously, my second answer has always been it. But like, Echelon's really calling to me. That was the first one that hit me. So I'm going to go with that. All right. Echelon for you, Destin. I, I was going to go with Echelon. So that was my alternative as well. So I hope it's yeah. not that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we have a significant, significant uh, movement in the in the standings here. Miranda moving solely into first place with <gasps> 10 oh, points. Oh, nice. We're correctly answering the drift. Wow, really? The drift? To it. That's yeah. a terrible name. Uh, Sam huh. is, an, is a spy for third Echelon. So Echelon yes. is part of Splinter Cell. It's yeah. in the game. Okay. Um, that's why I went with it. That's why I was like, oh, they Oh, I didn't know. I, it it makes too much sense to me. Yeah. I was like, that would, that makes too much sense because it's okay. already in the game. So. The drift? That doesn't yeah. even make sense. Yeah, why? Do you, do you know why the reasoning behind the drift? Or no? No, I'm going to have to uh, look okay. that up with more, I, more detail after this. I'd be curious to know. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Let me get back to our tab here so we can get settled. But... Yes, good stuff. So Miranda with a, all you got to do is hold serve now, Miranda, and the trophy is yours. So four shows to go, and uh, I, we, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna really upset Destin. It's gonna ruin Christmas for him. If you <laughs> no, <wouldn't>. no. So <laughs> I, I did well, so I'm fine. <laughs> He's crying on the inside. Don't worry. I feel, I feel like this is a really close year, though. It is. This is cool. a year. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. This is fun. It's, this would be it's, my second year in a row if I win. So but that'd but, be really cool. But if I win, it'd be my first year on the podcast and I'd take the win. So yeah. And either You're way, right we, there. Either way, we both beat Dustin, which is what I care about. <laughs> <laughs> You're right there. All right. Uh let's let's hit the road here. First, Stella, let me go to you if you want oh. to promote anything you're up to. I know you're you're a busy, busy person with many interesting things going on. <laughs> Thank you. Um, personally, on Twitter and Instagram, I posted my She-Hulk cosplay, which was like my most uh, requested cosplay, and it looks really cool. Worked really hard on it. Um, for IGN, I am working on the Warzone review. Oh my god, puppy. Uh, I'm working on the Warzone review, which is probably coming after Thanksgiving because this week is, you know, we're taking a break. So probably next week, hopefully end of next week, um, because it is finally playable. So yeah, that is what I'm going to be working on. Excellent. Uh, Miranda, how about you? What are you up to? Uh, right now, lots of guides. There are a lot of guides in progress, getting ready for December games that are coming in. Very excited for Higher on Life whenever we get to start that. Um, but for right now, of course, we're doing a lot with Pokemon and God of War. Obviously not Xbox games, but still very fun and very uh, helpful with guides because there's a lot in those games that are not explained. So I hope you, you use ours. Uh, personally, I watched Grandma's Boy for the first time. Oh. It was hilarious. <laughs> Like some stuff does not age well at all, but some stuff was like very funny. Um, and I'm playing Gears of War with my twin sister for her, her first playthrough on Twitch. Hey, there's an all. old, there's an old unreleased original Xbox game in that movie. Yeah, was it Boy. is it demonic? Was yeah, yeah, because I I, yeah. I followed up with that after. Um, I, I watched it with a friend, and when he was like, "Yeah, this is a game that got canceled," and it's like really <laughs> bad. I was like, "It's so funny how they try to sell it." On the movie too. Anyway, I just love like old advertising for games because it's really cheesy. Yeah, I remember liking that movie. I haven't seen it in years, but yeah. Destin, what are you yeah. up to? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Destin Gary, uh, youtubecom channel if you want to watch that stuff. I talk a lot about the Activision deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, what else do I got going on? 
we have some end of year stuff coming up, but really I'm just planning for Thanksgiving right now. That's like my main thing. Got the turkey in the fridge. So yeah. Ooh, I do have a question for our uh, commenters. <laughs> turkey or ham? Both. <laughs> Neither. She's one. I'm a turkey person. Me too. Myself. Me too. I have nothing against ham, but it's uh, it was my in my, in my parents' house. Turkey was always the main attraction. I don't even remember if we maybe some years there was there was ham there. I think there was, but I think if it's a bigger group, it's usually it's both. But when it's just like a smaller group, it's usually turkey and then hams for Christmas mm. or tamales. But yeah. also both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you brought that up because it's it's now almost lunchtime, so you're making me hungry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as for me, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I'll be there till it burns down. I hope it never does, but if it does, then I'll find myself somewhere else. But in the meantime, uh, yeah, check out the Atomic Heart coverage that our IGN UK team has been doing, including Simon Carty's excellent eight-minute preview video today. Um, <laughs> Is the snoring coming? Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you'd like, by the way, if in all seriousness, if you'd like to learn more about about uh, what we're up to or about just this organization, go to canine.org. Uh, the word canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, uh, not the letter K and the number nine, canine.org. If you want to learn more about canine companions and, and what uh, little Miss Zelina is hopefully going to be going to be doing with her life. So check that out. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we're all set. So thank you so much to super producer red for remote producing the show today. We're off our usual schedule and, and situation. So we appreciate you adapting, uh, and keeping us looking and sounding good at all times. So for red Miranda, Stella and Destin, I'm Ryan, this is Zelina and happy Thanksgiving to our American listeners. We'll be back. Like I said, we're on a regular schedule until the end of the year, and then we'll just have one week off, no unlocked at the end of the year. But we've got four more shows, stretch run, including the winner of that trivia challenge. Will it be Miranda? Will it be Stella? Could Destin sneak in? <laughs> Find out in the final four, the, 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 the final four episodes will be the season finale of Podcast Unlocked <laughs> coming up in four weeks. All right, see everybody.